So in this meeting with you, Wimelo, I would like us to uh, explore the possible benefits which are available to an individual who wishes to learn about himself or herself. And two of the means which are available and becoming of increasing interest, one is um, Buddhism as a way of living, and the other are the various resources of in the field of psychotherapy. And you have um, an active uh, interest in both of these. Would you say that Buddhism and psychotherapy can contribute to um, the welfare of the individual? And what are the similarities and dissimilarities? Well, I have not bothered so much about uh, these uh, similarities, looking for similarities, but um, it seemed to me that in both there is this emphasis on knowing oneself. And um, so I feel one could get from both, from Buddhism, something in that direction by watching oneself becoming aware, this emphasis on awareness, uh, becoming aware of these different processes and uh, some, what I've learned there from psychology was in that same direction of becoming aware of um, what is going on within one's mind. And I feel the important thing is of just watching oneself in everything. If one is meeting uh, other people, then I try to be aware of what is going on within me, what are my mm. feelings, what are my attitudes to this person, what are my expectations. Um, and by watching that, I have found that I get to know myself better. And I've seen with so many people meditating, I have the impression that very often there is not this awareness being carried over into their relationship to others, uh, their everyday situation, but it is, so to say, limited and confined to a meditation retreat situation. So, in, for a number of people who are interested in developing themselves, increasing self-knowledge, there is the vehicle of meditation retreats and workshops. What is it? You mean psychotherapy? Psychotherapy workshops. workshops. Mm. And there may be the genuine interest to observe themselves in the daily life situation, in human communication and so forth, but it may not be happening. What hinders that? What prevents that? And what may not be happening? Being aware of oneself. 
in the daily life. Well, you see, I think if one really watches one's feelings mm. in a particular situation, for example, I meet a person with whom I'm not getting on so well, then I'm investigating, now what are my feelings and what is behind the feelings? Why am I having difficulties with this person? Mm. What sort of expectations does this person trigger off in me? What sort of projections does he or she trigger off? Uh, and all this sort, by examining this, what is really going on and what is behind the feelings, right. behind the attitudes, behind the projections, I feel if this process of inquiry is going on, then one should develop this capacity to see beyond the appearance. Right. So uh, let us say, then, there is um, the appearance which is taking place born of contact, of various kinds of feelings and the person endeavours to look more deeply and that person finds that his or her feelings keep coming up again and again are not being resolved in spite of the effort to give attention to the feelings and what's lying behind yet the person's mind is still troubled. Well, one might not have seen See, one might have seen only part of it. Now, if it doesn't uh, get resolved, um, there might be several things to be done. Either one goes to see a psychotherapist, or possibly it is so that the person feels that understanding alone is enough, because I don't think that understanding alone is enough. Uh, for example, uh, if I have difficulties to accept myself, and I think that is a, a very common problem that many people here in the West uh, have some difficulties to accept themselves. Now, I can't solve this problem or most problems on that level of understanding alone. And I feel there has to come in what in Buddhism is called the right attitude, the second part of the Eightfold Path. The two have to come together. A, a different attitude. Mm. Then I can't solve it on the level of understanding alone. I think uh, if we go back to this self-acceptance, I feel there's quite a few things necessary, and, and I feel this is something very essential. I think with every problem, one has to take a very integrated approach and has to tackle that one problem from so many angles at the same time. For example, uh, going back to the self-acceptance, one has first to become aware, I feel, of this, that one does not accept oneself, that if one has a problem, one feels hopeless or feels that uh, one will never get that, one will never le learn that. Yeah. That is this becoming aware of a particular problem. That many people have this, a problem is an indication that they are worthless. And to learn to drop this association, the, a problem is not an indication that I am worthless, mm -hmm. but it is just something I at present, uh, uh, with this 
situation, I'm not in charge of yes. that, but it is so that I cannot yet handle it. So I feel that is the first thing, to become aware of the problem. The second is of approaching this with a different attitude. For example, instead of thinking, I, I'm worthless because I have a problem, I could say, okay, I have a problem, but what could I learn from it? Mm. Or what could I apply? In what way could I use this as a learning situation? Something where some spiritual attitude mm. uh, has to be applied. For example, uh, uh, belonging to this non-acceptance of oneself is an oversensitivity to criticism. Mm. So if someone has hurt me there or is critical of mm. me, I can either completely withdraw and mm. in that way I once more uh, uh, are shunning that situation because I can't stand being hurt. Or I approach that situation with an openness of mind and say, okay, I examine whether there is something to that. Mm. So in entering this situation with a completely different attitude, I see possibly uh, there is not this right. situation that I projected into. This person wants to feel, makes me feel bad, mm. but there is something to There might be something to that, what he says. Right. And in that case, I open myself to the situation and might learn quite a lot. Yeah. And if I examine this situation, what this person has for, uh, told me about, and that is what I do very often, I examine not just this situation, but I try to see a pattern. Mm. A pattern of thinking, a pattern of feeling, a pattern of reaction. And I examine then whether this thing which this person has pointed out to me, where else in my life does this thing manifest itself? This pattern of thinking, mm. pattern of feeling, pattern of reacting. And then I might get a whole chain reaction of understanding from being open to this situation. Yeah. So I have learned quite a lot actually in yeah. this situation. So one is let us say, acutely um, aware of the process, the psychological, the mental processes which are at work, and the kind of situations in which they arise, in which there is um, a reaction to a problem which is used to reject oneself, undermine oneself, and so forth. So, let's say, then a person then is developing uh, the right attitude of mind, and a right uh, understanding emerging out of this observation and inquire and inquiry and using it appropriate as you mentioned um, psychotherapy and two of these Buddhist guidelines uh, in in the eightfold path and let's say that person having explored that in, and in coming to a deeper acceptance of himself or himself, largely free of the tendency to react and undermine, and in which there is a certain degree of inward stability. Mm. What next? Well, what next? Uh, next in what? Um, either psychological understanding or spiritual development, if they are, if they can be distinguished from each other? Well, you see, I feel a, a very essential aspect 
in this whole growth process is of welcoming, so to say, these chances one has as learning situation mm. and to be able to open one's eyes. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think each of us is confronted all the time with, the, uh, with something where he or she could learn something from it. Yes. The question is only, and I think that mm. is the difference between extraordinary people and quite normal people, mm. that normal people get used to uh, uh, the situation and don't see the chance for inner growth or look for a special mm. situation or special people. While uh, the other that where this willingness to learn is pronounced, and I feel that is one of the most important qualities, this willingness to learn or this discontent. Mm of seeing the, the possibilities there and inquiring and welcoming also especially difficult situations. Yes. So not just avoiding difficult people or difficult situations, but seeing in all of them a chance to learn something very essential for oneself. Yes. Now in, in that and in the capacity to um, acknowledge and welcome situations as a learning situation, um, both certainly spirituality, and the Buddha has frequently referred to this, is the, shall we say, the importance of the heart. Love, compassion, spiritual joy, uh, peace. Is there a direct connection between inquiry, the willingness to learn and sustaining that throughout one's life, and these qualities of the heart. Yeah, sorry, because I haven't quite got that yet. Yeah. In inquiry, the willingness to learn, the cultivation of right attitude and understanding, within the development of those, where does love and compassion come in? Is it a natural outflow of the willingness to learn from life? Well, I find it always interesting that with quite a few things, the Buddha has never said and nowhere said how they should be developed. Nowhere. For example, with the four Brahma Viharas, love, compassion, happiness and equanimity, the Buddha never said how. And with the jhanas too, the Buddha never said how. And I think the significance of that is, if the conditions are there, the preconditions, and for many of these, mm. for the important qualities of the spiritual life, I feel the most important thing is, so to say, to prepare oneself inwardly, and mm. these will, so to say, flower out of that. Mm. I, uh, you see, the trouble I feel is, that people who can't accept themselves, mm. they have also no faith. And so they feel they have to organize, they to make this, this attitude of these uh, people who always have to do things, mm. uh, being very active. And it seems to me also an indication of a very profound lack of faith. Now, can uh, I and, just uh, interrupt uh, on that uh, point? Yes. 
insofar as we might say some people who reject themselves very strongly suddenly emerge with a very strong religious faith become born again whatever well you see uh, what uh, well I don't know about that but I mean it is indicative that many people come for example and then finds a religion yes suicidal is an extreme example of lack of self-acceptance true but I mean many people come to Buddhism for the same reason why they study psychology because they are suffering yes and now coming back to this what I was just saying about the faith you see one thing is about planning and organizing everything, also one in the development, but I feel behind that there is a very profound lack of faith. And the other is of, so to say, preparing ourselves, uh, of inquiring, investigating, but allowing things to unfold themselves by themselves. And I do believe that one of the most fundamental fundamental prerequisites of real love and compassion is to accept oneself. And I have always found a person who can't accept himself or herself has no basis for love, not really. So if this is there of accepting oneself really and of really trying to strengthen this capacity for faith, then one might find suddenly there is this attitude of loving kindness, of love, and of compassion. But it comes, so to say, by itself. It might not necessarily be related to someone. It is very often triggered off. Mm. But it can be there, objectless, so to say, as, as, uh, as uh, something which came by itself. Now, so if I understand correctly, um, as self-acceptance becomes present in one's life, there emerges out of that a genuine love and compassion for others and and a faith. But a faith in in, in what? Well, it is a, a faith that our life is, this is a meaningful life. We might not see it. What is the meaning? that, uh, that uh, we are living in a meaningful universe, oh. in spite of all the mess they make of it. Uh, but this is a meaningful universe. And uh, if we see that, then all these, also our mistakes, they have some meaning. Mm-hmm. And I feel that is the important thing of discovering more and more, and that is this willingness to learn, of this understanding more and more of that uh, meaning. and. Uh, of uh, the faith also uh, of if I don't interfere that something might unfold itself there. I'll come out of some very great depths of myself. In, In that respect then faith and trust I use them as synonyms. Yes, are very very close together then. Yes, I use them as synonyms. So then, let us say, if we're taking it further, in recognizing the enormous significance of self-acceptance, how this brings about greater faith 
and trust in life and the and in the unfoldment of also in life. others also Un in others and yes. not not uncritical of course yes so both inwardly and outwardly then there is a flowering of um, love friendship compassion for for life now sometimes religion has attempted to give an ultimate meaning to life. What do you mean is ultimate meaning? Um, a meaning um, which is held in some kind of principle. Well, I do believe that the highest purpose of human life is uh, to gain enlightenment. I do believe that. Right. And there, therefore, in this in sustained inquiry and learning attitude towards life with all the awareness and love which is necessary for it, it thus can find some ultimate meaning. Uh, ultimate fulfillment. Well, these are not terms I usually use. So, no, uh, so please use your terms. Remember, remember. You mean, what is the purpose, the, the, the deeper purpose of life? Yes. Well, uh, to me it is to, to, uh, to uh, find enlightenment okay. uh, and freedom through that. Right. So, in other words, there is a, in the way that you're speaking, there is um, an activity which human beings can participate in their life journey, which we have been describing up to now. And in that we, as, or rather, are you saying that there is the spiritual side of this, and there is the psychotherapeutic side of it? Well, you see, I don't discriminate there. You see, for me, um, the essence uh, of the spiritual life is to become more free. And so by examining myself, um, uh, by learning to handle the challenges of life more adequately, I feel there is uh, slowly a greater inner freedom. And to me, uh, this... this uh, this whole process of life is about gaining greater freedom. Not to wait until the moment uh, of enlightenment, which I'm quite sure that gives the ultimate freedom, but there are so many issues here where I can do a lot about becoming more free. Freedom from conventions, from uh, 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 opinions, from conditioning, from all that. And by becoming aware of that, and using these as uh, a ways, uh, uh, as a means here of approaching things differently with a different attitude, of learning to handle things in such a way that I'm getting more and more free. That, and where, why then differentiate between this is a spiritual path and this is a psychological path? I don't quite, no. I don't do this. No. So in, in, in that 
respect. Both these concepts very easily do become divisive. Well, you see, I'm not so much concerned about uh, this is Buddhism and this is psychology. Uh, I'm concerned about inner poles and not about uh, these, these systems. I have studied both and I've, I've studied them, so to say, as means in order to, so to say, integ learn to integrate that uh, into my life, uh, in just that, for that. I mean, in that respect, this is a very, a very important point, because there is frequently the tendency, possibly born of the desire for security, to make one, say, religion, or, in this case, psychotherapy, some kind of end in itself, rather than as tools or as means. Well, I think there is a tendency everywhere uh, of, so to say, one sees that in all religions, and possibly also in psychotherapy, uh, of getting stuck, so to say, with a mean. Now, I have always found that this parable of the raft, which the Buddha has used, is something very essential, uh, because he says there, one comes on one's journey, which is a simile for the inner journey, one comes to a broad river there, and there's nothing to cross over, and one then builds a raft with some provisional material, some branches and something like that. And with the help of that one crosses over. And I feel that is a simile for the soul spiritual path. And I think that many people get stuck with this idea of accumulating positive qualities. And they believe that spiritual path consists of the accumulation of positive qualities. And I think it comes from this, they possibly at one stage or another, they have made this experience, a, a positive experience, understanding or some realization, and that was so helpful, they stuck to that. And haven't seen in the meantime, in the meantime things have changed, but they still uh, cling to that, and they haven't realized that on the next stage, this might not be so helpful anymore. And on the step level after that, it might be even detrimental. So I believe that this parable of the raft teaches us of letting go, of approaching things all the time new, and living out in that field. That is a challenge for Buddhism at the present time, the challenge of the modern time to Buddhism, with regard to Buddhism, of developing this creative potential, of going with this creative potential to the real essence of what Buddhism is about, and develop that. And uh, I feel one of the most essential things is this willingness to learn and the letting go, 
these two together. And with this, I mean, of letting go also what one has developed in the meantime and open oneself new what is in this particular situation I'm now confronted with, what is here, how, uh, what is the best way of handling that, of not going back to how have I handled it last week or last month or two years ago, or what does the Buddha say, or what has my uh, grandfather said about, but what is now the best thing. You see, then you, so to say, uh, come bring this out of what is potentially there within yourself. And not go back to the past, not rely on the past, but approach this situation creatively. And to me, creativity, with regard to the spiritual life, is um, to handle the challenges of life creatively. Not to paint or uh, write books or give speeches, but to handle all the, uh, the challenges of life in a creative way. And that means not relying on the past, but to see intuitively uh, what is in this situation necessary, what should be done here. Mm. Now in that, and of course with the, um, the parable of the raft, of getting out of the raft and letting go of the raft, mm. um, one might say, and, and, and it is a concern, that one of the dangers with working on oneself in the way that we have um, you have been describing is that there can come about a certain self-preoccupation with how I am which to some critics um, implies that there's a and forgetfulness of the world of suffering outside of oneself. What do you comment on this? Well, you see, it has been uh, it has been uh, charged at Buddhism for two thousand five hundred years, and is now being charged, of course, at psychotherapy um, uh, as well. Well, you see, the Buddha said uh, the highest type of person is one who is concerned about one's own well-being and development and at the same time feels responsible for the well-being and uh, development of others. Now, uh, I feel if one genuinely works with oneself that there is a greater ability by understanding oneself better to help another. There is a skill of uh, seeing what is operating in others and uh, to give a few suggestions, uh, 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 learn to open oneself also. And I feel a very important part in this is of learning to be more intimate with ones, also with other people, of if one has any conflicts with others, of openly uh, uh, bringing this up, challenging this, uh, what have you felt, what have I felt, and uh, how can we handle this situation? Because, I mean, if I haven't learned uh, how to handle conflicts with another being, it's no use that I get into a peace movement. Because if I can't work with conflicts in such a way that there is not a quarrel 
but that we use any conflict as a cross situation, then I must might be uh, might be better quiet about uh, 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 furthering world peace. Mm. But if I can work this uh, out with others of learning to handle conflicts, then uh, I might get into a wider. Uh, I might widen this range mm. of helping others. And to me, compassion is not just a feeling, mm. but of really helping others to grow. Mm. And that is not just an attitude, not just an attitude or a feeling, but it demands also a skill. Mm. And that skill is, I have first to uh, learn to handle my problems. And if I have learned that, then I have to experiment. And to me, this is also that willingness of uh, learning to open oneself uh, up to others, uh, to uh, 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 develop some real intimacy and openness and uh, get into that. But how far a person, so to say, gets involved in outer issues, I feel everybody has to decide that for uh, mm. himself or herself. Mm. Now, so within the dynamics of uh, conflicts that we may have as individuals with others um, and the understanding of all that takes place within the field of conflict it serves as the raw material for understanding and responding to the larger conflicts hmm. some of the criticism which has been leveled at Buddhism as you pointed out and is also leveled at psychotherapy um, is that there are seemingly too few people who take it from the, the microcosm and, and look at the macro of these kind of situations. It, and I wonder, are people really deciding for themselves about how far they wish to explore, or is it that perhaps they're not hearing the reminders that there is the larger issue of life as well as the personal. Well, first of all, I feel everyone has to decide that for himself mm. and herself, though, I mean, if we look at so many revolutions, they had the best intentions, but I mean, because they kept themselves out of the picture, they usually got into a worse mess than it was before. Mm. And so I feel these two have to go together. Mm. But first I feel one has to bring order into one's own life. Yes. Uh, uh, and just that. And uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. We might say, when we look at ourselves, but there's never perhaps going to be a time when there's going to be perfect order in our life. At least I haven't found it. Um, are you saying that one must totally concentrate on oneself and on one's individual personal situation through watching of oneself prior to active participation in the world of events? No, I, I would not say that. Quite apart from that, I do believe that there are no hard and fast rules and the other is... Um, 
I have a different attitude there. To me, the important thing is not what a person does. I, my emphasis is not on the what, but on the how and why. Mm. Uh, you see, if a person uh, stresses this inner thing, because he, has he or she has difficulties with dealing with other person, that to me is not a virtue. Mm. Uh, if one does it, because one sees I have to bring order into that, otherwise I'm not convincing, that is already much better. And the same is, why does a person why is a person concerned with the outer? Not that he is, uh, but what is behind it? Does he seek it because he wants to change the world, or what is behind that? So I feel the important thing is what is the driving force and the motive and the awareness behind it? Is it just a projection, or does he, does he need uh, affirmation outside, or is this compassion to help outside. That's to me the important thing, what is the motive and the attitude behind it. So in that respect, which is another um, important consideration, in that respect, since it's not what the, the person does, it's more the motive, the underlying the influences and so and the forth, attitude. and the attitude of mind, yeah. if that is, if there's a clarity and an understanding of the attitude of mind mm. and the foundation, then there won't be such a distinction between the larger and the personal, because okay. both would be approached mm. in exactly the same way. I agree, I agree. That to me is the essential thing, the inner attitude. Yes. Uh, the inner attitude, and if that is there, one can uh, approach uh, uh, th these outer things and simply see there has to be done something. Yes. And in that, res in that respect, the, the responses um, that we have to life also um, relates to what you said earlier, because sometimes a person starts off with a reasonably clear attitude, and then gradually ego begins to get mm. in, and then, mm. and then the situation is being used to boost one's ego, etc., etc. That is uh, always. I mean, I feel with every situation in life, there is a chance for development, and there is also a danger of getting stuck and using that in order to for further uh, uh, as a new form of attachment with everything, whether it is a family or outer work or only meditation. Everything. There is always a chance for inner growth, mm. and getting stuck. And I feel that is why self-knowledge and discernment, intuitive, immediate discernment are so important of seeing what is really going on, not what one wants to see, but what is really going on. Where does one get stuck and where um, uh, is one just getting attached or deceiving and oneself or all this? And of course, I mean, there are some forms of getting stuck in which the individual doesn't actually know he or she is stuck. I, I agree, and that is, I feel, Christopher, uh, 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 the significance of a genuine friendship, where one should help each other to grow mm. and to point things out. It is inevitable, I feel, that at one time or another, we all get stuck somewhere. Mm. But I feel genuine friendship is of pointing it out. Look here, this is what I've seen. 
leave yes. a little more careful. Yes. Otherwise, you you uh, because these things accumulate. Then I I get stuck and don't, don't recognize it. Have a, a a feeling of discontent about it, but don't recognize yes. what this discontent is about. And get more active, mm. and but lose myself more and more because I'm getting away from the real problem yes. because I haven't seen that. And that mm. to me is the significance of real friendship, of helping each other to get unstuck there. Yes. And, and in that respect, it reminds me of the Buddha says that, uh, that a good friend is not one who flatters, no, but one no. who actually yes. appoints these. Yes, things. and that is to me where a real helping takes place. And uh, where I often do that, if I see that a friend or someone on the path gets stuck somewhere, mm. then I point things out that to me is helping. Yes. And uh, in order really to help this person to grow. And I feel that is very strong and therefore I say far more about such things to another uh, than, other, than it is usual in our society. But yes. that is to me an expression of that. Uh, I'm not getting uh, so involved with outer activities, but with regard to this, of helping others, I do quite a lot there. Yeah, and I feel there are so many ways where it can manifest. I don't think there is a pattern. I feel it is rather this attitude of really being concerned also about other people growing. But sometimes, some people, some people um, resist having things point out or explore, that the defenses come in or probably um, react to you in your, to your perceptions. Well, it is very simple for me. I, I point it out because I, I genuinely want to help others. But if mm. another tells me, look here, I don't want to hear it, or uh, shows it, I need not say it. Yeah. It's not a compulsion with me. In that case, I accept that also. Mm. I accept that person is not yet ready or doesn't want it. Okay, it's fine with me. I have tried it. But I feel it is better to try and point out than not to try. Yes. So in, in that respect, in just coming to a conclusion, in this uh, talk we've had together, we've touched on a number of major themes in which um, attitude, understanding, willingness to learn, letting go, the letting go, the being really present within different situations, all contribute to our welfare and development. And this is accompanied with the responsibility with regard to others mm. and thus it's not just a personal view just a personal view of a self-preoccupation because the two are actually working mm. together one's mm. outer and inner awareness are in inseparable mm. from each other mm. wonderful thank you very much about a minute or two. Uh, that this is not just uh, uh, Buddhism as uh, something life-denying, uh, getting away from the, uh, the world, but of uh, using the, the, the challenges of this life to make the best of it, it, out of it and to grow from it and help yes. others to grow. That, I feel, is a challenge of the present time. Yes. Yes. And, the, and regarding that, the, these is, as the real challenge mm -hmm. makes other challenges seem somewhat um, minor in comparison. The challenge of being ambitious to get to the top, the challenge of all these yes, social I mean, challenges that are presented to us. 
Yes, especially one has to inquire what is behind wanting to be there at the door. Yes. <laughs> and what is the satisfaction of it, really? Yes. And, uh, I mean, what is happening if one is there, to oneself and to others? So yeah. I feel also uh, to inquire into this, uh, why does one accept this as a goal? And are not the problems greater than the satisfaction? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> okay.